It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. This is a, an interesting passage of Scripture. In fact, as I was studying this, I began to put together an extensive teaching on this. We're supposed to go to, to Denver uh, this, let's see, next month at uh, a meeting there and to be doing some teaching throughout that whole week, a couple hours per day. And I'm really thinking that this is going to be along this line and some things that's beyond what we'll look at today for sure. But this, this text has a lot in it. And uh, so I want us to take a look at it today. And, and I believe that this should stimulate hope within us. Uh, and our hope is in the Lord and in Him. But let's read this together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. And what it's talking about is referring back to the verses above where it talks about the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and how that Satan has blinded the minds of, of those that are lost. But the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is, is breaking through and is doing a lot of things. And so he's really, the treasure that he's referring to there is the gospel of Christ. It's the, a revelation of uh, who we are and who Christ is through the word. And that's in us. And, and, and he says that's a treasure in us. Uh, so he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side. Somebody said amen, but not crushed. I should have said the first time we are hard-pressed, you should have said oh me. And when it says, but not crushed, then you can say amen there. <laughs> Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be revealed in our body isn't that strange that's a strange thing we, we what we carry around the death of jesus in our body so that the life of jesus may also be revealed in us in our body we carry around the revelation of what jesus did by giving himself as a sacrifice he bought and paid for us. We are redeemed. We are set free. We've been restored to dominion and authority. And when we carry that around with us, not just leave it in church when we come to church, when we, when we, take, when we leave out through there, we just leave it all here. No, you know, that's Vegas. What, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, what happens in church shouldn't stay in church. It ought to go out to the world, amen? And so uh, he says we carry this around, this revelation of what happened at uh, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the life, the Zoe, the power, that ever, uh, everlasting power is alive in us. And, you know, I, I like where it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Ecclesiastes says, he has put eternity in the hearts of man. Eternity, that power, something that is, is uh, unlimited. Unlimited. Do you realize that the unlimited power of God is within you? And see, that's a treasure, and we need to learn how to activate that and bring it up. Why? Because we're hard-pressed on every side. We won't be crushed when we are activating this treasure, this power of God, this all-surpassing power of God. Well, you know, there's some parallel scriptures or maybe 
sister scriptures, we can say, that go along with this. Uh, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you can jot these down, I'll read them. You can, uh, you know, trust me now and check me out later. How about that? But 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You dear children are, go- are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And then in Philippians, Paul says in the fourth chapter of Philippians, verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. See, that's that treasure again, Christ and our revelation of who Christ is. So therefore, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Amen. Now, but let's look a little deeper. What else can we learn from this, this verse today? I, I want us to, to draw in just a little bit. One thing we can learn from this, maybe or shout it out if you've got some, some lessons there, but one thing I see is that life's not fair. Hard-pressed, uh, persecuted, <laughs> struck down. Wow. Um, life's not fair, is it? And I see that in here... It, you know, bad things happen to good people. The Apostle Paul wasn't a bad guy. Well, after his conversion, he was, wasn't too, too good a guy beforehand, but how many of, you, of us were like that? Amen? Thank God for the cross. I mean, thank God for his grace that we're not like we were. But what I'm seeing here is that, um, you know, sometimes Christians have problems. They have financial problems. They have marriage problems. They have family problems. They have work problems. They have relationship problems. They have, uh, you know, Christians get sick and Sometimes Christians face personal battles with various things, like I said, in their marriages or in their jobs or in their minds, you know, struggling with uh, these certain appetites maybe that might have and struggling with that old, that sin nature. Uh, But Paul says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Hard-pressed. Hard-pressed. Usually, uh, what that refers to, it'd be like, can we refer to football just a little bit? You know, whenever you know, that ball snaps, what's trying to happen is the offensive line is trying to press that defensive player someplace that he, where he wants him to go so that he opens up a hole for that runner to go through. So he's pressing hard to get him into a position where he wants him, not where that person wants to be. Have you ever felt like the devil's trying to push you out of the way and get you over someplace that you really don't want to be? It also means to hard press where it's like forming that thing, molding it into something that it wants it to be. Satan would love to transform you and mold you and make you into what he wants you to be rather than you being what God wants you to be. Hard pressed. Extreme pressure. Ah. Nobody in here knows what that's about, huh? <laughs> Extreme pressure. I know, I know you felt that before. Extreme pressure to force in a different direction, as I was saying. So he says, we're hard-pressed. He says, we're, we're perplexed. Perplexed? Yeah. Uh, you know, now, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. So perplexed is not being confused. See, you say, well, what, uh, sounds like it is. Perplexed is not understanding what's happening. Uh, questioning why is it happening but you shouldn't be confused confused is not knowing where you can go to I'm not confused in the sense that I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he will keep me against that day I'm I'm not confused on what side I'm on 
I'm not confused on who's fighting with me and who's who's upholding me. I am a little bit con, I am a little bit perplexed though. I don't understand exactly why all this is happening to me. How many know what I'm talking about? And thinking, why is this happening? Perplexed, baffled, totally bewildered, <laughs> persecuted. Now these are things he says. Is, this is happening to, to this is what happens to his believers. Hard pressed perplexed persecuted persecuted here's the definition of that word subject to prolonged hostility and ill treatment james says it this way think it not strange when you fall into trials of many kinds don't think it's strange when you're getting attacked when when trials and tribulations are hitting you don't think don't don't think it's that that that's a strange thing persecuted subject to prolonged hostility The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's <laughs> what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And Satan walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, subject to prolonged hostility and ill treatment, persistently harassed or annoyed. Remember Paul talked about that buffeting spirit? He says, you know, that it just came to buffet him, just harassing and annoying and harassing. You know, your wash machine's leaking and, and the dishwasher's uh, rattling and the car lights come on that says, you know, check engine light. And, uh, and you know, uh, here you go. I mean, it's just like every place you turn, what is going on? It's just, this is really annoying. Hello? Persecuted. Struck down. I don't even think we needed this <laughs> a definition for struck down. Struck down. I mean, you are not down. But he, he also says, not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, not destroyed. Ah, hallelujah. Not crushed. Crushed means violently subdued, squashed, overpowered, defeated. I might be... Uh, hard pressed, trying to, be, you know, pushing me out of where I, you know, I want to come this way, and Satan tried to push me over here, but, but I'm not defeated. I'm not defeated. It's like in maybe in football. All right, you know what? I got tripped up on that, on that. Uh, I'm going, but next time, man, I'm coming back. I am not defeated on this thing. Despair. He said, not not in despair. That means complete loss of hope. Hopeless. You know, he says, we're not in despair. You don't have to fall into hopelessness. And then he says, uh, not abandoned. Where it says persecuted, but not abandoned, meaning having left someone without help, deserted, or left without help or support. Remember when Jesus was saying, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to pray and ask the Father to send another. And they said, oh, you're going to leave us as orphans? <laughs> and he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to leave. You know, they were saying, you're going to abandon us? You're going to leave us helpless? You're not even going to help us? You're going to depart? You're going to, you know, you're, you're just out of here? He said, no. He said, and the Father's going to send another counselor. I'm not going to abandon you. So that's uh, what he means when he says, you know, abandon. And then uh, the last one, destroyed. Struck down but not destroyed means to be utterly defeated. Struck down, knocked old Rocky down. But he kept getting up just like he keeps making more Rocky movies. What is it? They got about six of those things out there. 
You know, I mean, his tenacity even goes into keep, hey, I guess if people go and see him, might as well just keep making them, right? Boy, oh, Rocky, that's what I get out of that is he's, he's knocked down, but he's not destroyed. He just keeps getting up, keeps getting up, keeps getting up. You just got to do that. You know what? You will wear your opponent out. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something. I, I, I believe I came here today to tell you that it doesn't matter what the enemy is planning. It doesn't matter what he's trying to, uh, to do to you or against you, uh, what you're struggling with. Uh, what he's bringing, all the assignments that he brings against you. Here's what the good news is, is that the Bible has something to say about it. The Bible gives us promises. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, verse 7, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed or forged or, or fashioned, you know, designed against you. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. It cannot succeed in its intended purpose. It can't prosper. It can't succeed against you. Praise God. Do you believe the word today or do you believe the lie that Satan's telling? You know, when we get knocked down, I mean, when we, get to, when we feel that we are hard-pressed and we're perplexed and we're persecuted and struck down, that's, you know, we're to the point of where, you know, we kind of start to believe the lies of the devil. That's why he is pressing us hard, and that's why he, he tries to make us perplexed and, and persecuted and struck down. Why? It's because he wants us to give in, right? He's pressing hard. The Bible didn't say that Satan, his weapons, he didn't say that Satan wouldn't use weapons against us. He said that the weapons that he uses against you won't work. So don't be surprised when he comes armed and dangerous, okay? Um, the Bible says that they won't prosper, they won't succeed. Romans 8, 28, this is, here, listen to this. This is what the Word of the Lord says. All things, all things, Work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things are going to work together. It's going to work for your good. It's going to make you stronger, more alert, or whatever. But everything that happens in your life is going to work together for your good. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen on that. You know, it, doesn't, it, it really doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if uh, or how spiritual you are. You can be very, very spiritual, and you're still going to get hit. Again, let's look at some examples. Look at the Apostle Paul, for one. <laughs> a guy that writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He's being slammed. <laughs> he is being slammed, struck down for sure. Um, you know, some point in time, I jotted down these little things, that how Satan works. The unexpected, undesired situations and problems, they're going to catch you off guard and send your life into a spin. I was heading up uh, 288, going north on 288, getting close to uh, the Beltway 8 exit where Bass Pro Shop's over here. And I'm just going along in my lane, right? I'm just heading in my lane. I'm just praising Jesus. I'm just having a good old time, me and Jesus. We're going on 288 north. Well, I mean, what could happen? And 18-wheelers are rolling on the side of me, and all of a sudden I see this truck coming over. And I'm like, I don't have no, and there's a car right over here by me. I, where do I go? I don't have any place to go. And here he comes. He doesn't see me. He just keeps coming on over. I'm pulling over, pulling over, and then what happens is the car behind me gets nervous. He hits, hits the back end of my, my vehicle, doing 60 mile an hour, and all of a sudden I begin to go like this. Wee! Wee! Three times in that Honda Accord. And then that thing starts sliding, and right at that exit there from 288 
towards north. Here we go. 288 going north, and that car spinning, and then it slides, and right where that sign is there on that exit goes out, that thing, boom, hit that curb, knocked me over, uh, and, and jumped up on that thing, and here I'm sitting right by the sign. I'm looking like, what happened? <laughs> and this other guy that, was, that hit me, it knocked him off out in that field. I'm like, well, boy, that was unexpected. It was undesired. <laughs> it left me into a spin. <laughs> That's what Satan will do. You'll just be going cruising down, just doing what you're supposed to be doing. You got an appointment. You got some place to be, somewhere to go. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, he clips you, and you're just, woo-wee, <laughs> wow, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You could be praying. I, I think I might have been praying when that happened. You know, well, how does that happen? Well, very easy. Satan just watches for an opportunity, and he comes up to press hard and, and to try to take you out. So the good news is that even though, you know, all of us at some point in time encounter these unexplained, unexpected, unplanned attacks and problems and circumstances, we've got a promise. Or more than a promise, we have promises from the Word of God. Second Corinthians chapter uh, uh, two, verse fourteen, the Apostle Paul writes, "Now thanks be unto God, uh, which always causes us to triumph in Christ." That's how the King James writes it. Thanks be unto God, who, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. That made sense, didn't it? Have you ever heard that verse before? You know what that means at the end? First of all, he says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. I mean, God's always going to help us to overcome these things. We're going to come out triumphant. You know, it's all going to work together for our good. I mean, we are going to make it through, and at some point in time, it's even going to make us so much better. We're more than conquerors. But I like that last part of that. Let me read it to you again. In the NIV, it says, uh, that last part where it says, uh, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him the fragrance you take on the smell of god isn't that cool when you were going forth and the revelation of jesus christ is in us you know what we begin to throw out that scent i mean you know you begin to smell them you know what i'm talking about you begin to smell that, uh, I mean, it throws off this fragrance. Well, here's the thing. Boy, those devils out there, they get nervous because, whoo, I smell Jesus around here someplace. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. And that German shepherd, when I take her outside, boy, she gets on a scent, and she's taking off, and she's, she's after. Boy, sometimes the hair on the back of her, her neck will just set up, and then she's like, what? I smell something. I smell something, and I'm after it. I will tell you, when the devil smells the, 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 the scent of Jesus on you, you know what he does? We're out of here. <laughs> Amen. So it says, thanks be, have you ever thought about that? He says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. And it says, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Oh, it makes known that he's, he's here. Jesus is here. Where? In us. This, we have this treasure, but it's in these earthen vessels. Why? To show that this all-surpassing power that can do anything exceedingly abundantly above what we're able to ask or think, this all-surpassing power, it's from God and not from us. And when we do that, we're throwing off a, a fragrance, a scent, the scent of God, the, the, the savor of God. Wow. That's cool. 
You know, sometimes, you talk about that we under, the Bible says that we can entertain angels unaware. Well, devils, or the devil and, and demons are just fallen angels. So sometimes you might be not necessarily entertaining them, but you might be amongst them unaware. Would that, I mean, same characteristics, they're just fallen angels. And all of a sudden, you know, you're just walking by and you go, man, that's Jesus around here. <laughs> We're making known the, the, the knowledge that, uh, of, of Jesus, that he's being made known. People, we've got an awesome, an awesome task here. The other thing is, it's like, hey, man, Jesus is in the building. Let's, come on, we need some more. Let's double up here. <laughs> We're going to have to triple team here. Oh, J.J. Watt, his stats started going down when they started double teaming every time and then maybe sometimes even triple teaming, right? Why? Because they said, man, you know, we got to load up on this guy. <laughs> He's coming through. Sometimes they see you and say, uh-oh, I know him. We're going to have to double up on him right there. Come on. <laughs> uh-oh, look out. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Because when we are hard-pressed, we're not crushed. I don't know if y'all get anything out of this today. <laughs> you carry his smell on you. Amen. I think that's pretty cool. I just never realized that, you know, I got some uh, some cologne and different things, you know, like, and some people will say, oh, that's their, I like the fragrance of their cologne or whatever like that, you know. Have you ever noticed that, you know, maybe somebody's, uh, you know, a woman walked by and she has on that perfume, it's like, where, you, you catch the, the smell, that, that scent first, whatever, you smell that perfume, maybe some guy, you know, uh, Neil comes by, he's got that good smelling uh, cologne on it, Neil has, you know, and say, man, I, that was Neil somewhere around here, where, oh, there, hi, Neil, how you doing? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about? And so, when we walk by, it's like, we got on, it, it's better than, I don't even know what, uh, some names of some clone are, but you know, we're wearing Jesus, you know, <laughs> we're wearing JC33, you know, hey man, and, and we, we got that scent going, <laughs> hallelujah, but you know, <laughs> we need to throw that off, uh, but get ready too though, because that also sends a little bit of alertness, it's like, oh, you know, Jesus is in the building, you know, because he's in, in that person or in those people, but I want to talk to somebody today that's been knocked down. I don't know if anybody here today has been knocked down, but I, I want to talk to you today, you know, about uh, where you've been knocked down. Life has dealt you some of those unexpected uh, curves <laughs> that have come. Maybe a divorce or sickness, maybe a financial disaster. Um, maybe your, your child's on drugs or your company is downsizing, let you go, or, uh, you know, maybe your Christian friends aren't so friendly anymore, your dreams have been crushed. Uh, it could be a thousand things, but the bottom line is, is that you didn't expect it, and it hurt. I don't know. I, I know I'm talking to somebody in here, but, you know, you know, it threw you into a tailspin. You just got clipped, and you're like, what is going on? here whoa where am i i'm per now you're perplexed you can't figure this thing out it knocked the breath out of you. you ever had the breath knocked out of you <laughs> i remember i think it was in junior high football something like that you know and uh man i'm going out, i'm getting this pass i'm going out, i'm jump up get this pass and about that time somebody <laughs> hit me here and somebody hit me here and i'm man i remember laying down going I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> I mean, I never had the breath knocked out of me before. How many of you have had the breath? I mean, it's scary, isn't it? You, go, oh. you can't breathe. And, 
and I remember the coach coming over, grabbed me, you know, and just kind of maybe pulling up my britches or whatever. I don't know what they, you know, like, like, what is that supposed to do, you know? I'm dying, and now you're going to hurt me? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> but I'm still here. I didn't die, <laughs> you know. Just got the breath knocked out of me. How many of you ever got the breath knocked out of you spiritually? And one of those things, you know, and it's like the devil, boom, hit you, and you're going, oh. <laughs> and you're scared, like, what happened? <laughs> and then, it's okay, it'll come back, and you'll still be okay. It's funny, but uh, it's not funny at the time. I literally thought I was going to die, <laughs> but I didn't. And, you know, since that time, life has thrown me a lot of these things of where I got the breath knocked out of me, spiritually got the breath knocked out of me, and just things came, and it just, boom, and it's like, takes you just a little while to recover from something like that. You know, um, but again, hey, you're still here. You're still alive. And so it means that, you know what, it, it ain't over. It ain't over. You're going to get up. You're going to be okay. Paul had a similar experience happen to him in Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 20. He was there in, in Antioch, and, and it starts out, it says that some Jews uh, from Antioch and Iconia, they, they got together and they kind of started they, it says they won the crowd over. So, you know, they were talking about Paul, and, and they got them all riled up. And so they went out and stoned Paul. I'm not talking about with weed. I mean, they, they picked up rocks and stoned him, you know. And, you know, we have to translate it different in our, our day and age. But and this is what it says. It says, they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. I mean, they confirmed it. They, you know, oh, yeah, he's dead. Let's get him out of here. You know, so they take him out of the city. Well, all the disciples of the come around him, you know, and so I'm sure if they're running, they're praying, oh, you know, and they're praying, and all of a sudden, Paul sets up here. <gasps> he just got the, he didn't die, he just got the breath knocked out of him. I mean, though he was literally dead, but he came back, and sometimes that happens, but you know what, he's still around. It says the next day, and it says the next day, uh, he, or he says he got up, went back into the city, and the next day he and Barnabas, they left. They went to, to Derby as well. They went out of here. You know, don't want to go through that again. But, you know, they thought he was dead. And he says, no, you know, I just kind of got the breath knocked out of me a little bit. I'll be okay. I'm still here. You know, God wasn't finished with Paul. He couldn't die in, in there, you know. He had to get to Rome and get his head cut off. He, you can't be dying out here. You got, I got something better for you, you know. No, you're not getting, to, you're not getting by with just being stoned. You've got, you got to go on into Rome and get your head cut off. That's, that's what happened. You felt like that, you know. Oh, wonderful plan there, God. Thank you very much. He was stoned several times, left for dead. Paul talks about his testimony on the different things that, that happened to him. And, um, you know, it, it hurt. You've been there. You got the breath knocked out of you. You got uh, knocked down, and you got knocked off your feet. But you know what? The devil makes a big mistake when he knocks a believer off his feet. Because every time the, the devil knocks me off my feet, it knocks me to my knees. And I'll tell you something. When a believer's down on their knees, they're touching heaven. And when you're touching heaven, you're making the, uh, hell real nervous. <laughs> Amen? Somebody ought to say, that's right. You know, so when Satan comes to knock you down, that just means that you're just closer down there to just be praying and crying out to God. And you know what? And, and it's, it ain't over. You got knocked down, but it ain't over. So what I came to tell you today is reading through this, the, the passage that we have, hard-pressed but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, all these things, struck down but not destroyed. You know, it ain't over till it's over there's one of those yogi bearisms you know that was his in 1973 they were talking to him about you know boy you're not doing so good here the Mets aren't doing so good he said it ain't over till it's over you know and so you know what that's picked up pretty good it ain't over till it's over I say it ain't over till the fat angel sings you know 
<laughs> or something like that, you know. <laughs> you may have lost that battle, but let me tell you, we won the war. You see, we've won the war, but we might have lost that battle, but we've won the war. We're already winners. We've already, we are victorious. You're still in the fight. It ain't over. Just catch your breath. Get back up. Get in line. <laughs> you know, I, I can't say that, that you'll never be knocked down. I can't say that you'll never be caught off guard. I can't say that you'll never uh, be, uh, have trouble or that you'll, that you'll never be hard-pressed. You know, I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is, is that, uh, that there's, uh, along with those things, there's the but not. You know, um, but not uh, in despair. I, I may be hard-pressed, but not crushed, not defeated. I, I may be perplexed, but not in despair. It's kind of like one of those things, you know, it's like he hits you hard, and you can just say, but not. <laughs> just jump, but not. You didn't do it. It ain't over. You know, I, I may be persecuted, but not abandoned. He didn't leave me without help. You know, I, I may be struck down, but not <laughs> uh, destroyed. Hallelujah. You know, I, I can say that, uh, you know, again, I can't tell you that you're not going to have all these problems come up against you, but I can tell you that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I can say what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep me against that day. I can say what Romans 8, 28 says, that, it, that all, in all things God works for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. I can say what he said in, in Romans 8, 37, that knowing all these things, he says, we are more than conquerors through him who, who loved us. I can say what he said in Romans 8, 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. Bring it on. Death, demons, <laughs> powers of darkness, it ain't going to separate me from the love of God that I have. He loves me, and he can't, and it's not over till God says it's over. So like he said, Paul, you can't die until I tell you you can die. <laughs> I told you about an experience that I had in 2013 that I got knocked down about three times. First time I thought, I was getting pretty tired fighting. And then when I was knocked down and I could feel the pain, might have been because I was in that emergency room and they were putting them <coughs> things on me, you know. <laughs> I don't know what was going on that, in that realm, but in the realm I was in, I remember saying, hmm, well, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Okay, I'm ready for this. And it's like God said, huh, you ain't dying until I tell you you can die. And I get up, I'm thinking, get up. <laughs> it's, it's tough out there. <laughs> get back in the game. Well, but they're going to keep hitting me. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's what you're in there for. That's what you got armor for, you know? That's what the coach used to say. That's what you got pads for. You go on in there now, <laughs> you know? Okay, you know, all right. What we got armor for? That's why we have weapons of our warfare. And they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You may have lost a round, but it ain't over. It ain't over. You might have been knocked down a little bit, but uh, you might feel battered and bruised. But I'm going to tell you something. It ain't over. You need to shout out, it ain't over. Tell three people, it ain't over till it's over. 
it ain't over till it's over. I like the saying that you need to always remember that your present situation is not your final destination. Your present situation is not your final destination. Did you get that? I like that. It ain't over till it's over. My present situation is not my final destination. Wait a minute. I got, I got to go to Rome to die. <laughs> you ain't, I ain't dying here. <laughs> and then he's on a shipwreck, and everybody's nervous. Paul says, well, look, y'all just need to chill out. Uh, you know, an angel came and told me that we're going to lose the boat, and everything else is going to be lost, but not one of you going to die, you know. What about, I can't swim. I didn't, I said nobody's going to die. You know, Paul wasn't worried about it. Why? Because he just believed God. He trusted God. He says, it ain't over. It ain't over. you got to keep the faith. If you're going to have an it ain't over till it's over attitude, and I want to tell you, I want to challenge you today. You need to have an it ain't over till it's over attitude. When the devil slaps you down, get up and say, it ain't over till it's over, devil. You better watch out. I'm coming back. <laughs> he might be laughing at you. But that's okay. Let him laugh till you slap the fat off of his face and say, I said it ain't over till it's over. If you're going to have an it ain't over till it's over attitude, you've got to keep the faith. Tell somebody, keep the faith. I jotted this down. The next extraordinary version of you is being crafted even now. The next extraordinary version of you is being crafted right now. You see, we, we're always growing. All things are working together for good. So I'm not going to be the same tomorrow because I've come through this. I was knocked down, but I, I wasn't, you know, abandoned. So I'm going to be different. So my, I got a new version of me that's coming out. Y'all got to get the next version. It's, it's got to get an upgrade, right? I got an upgrade coming. And it's happening right now because everything that's happening around me is bringing about my new upgrade, my new version of me. Amen? Keep the faith. You just got to keep the faith and believe that, hey, God ain't finished with me yet. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I got the air knocked out of me. I thought I was going to die, but I'm still here. I'm still breathing. So you know what? I'm going to keep the faith. Nothing can deter you from keeping your commitment to achieve the goals that God set down in your heart to move forward. Press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling is what Paul said. Keep the faith that you can, uh, uh, you can better... <laughs> your best keep the faith that, that you can better your best I was good today but I'm gonna be better tomorrow and I'll be better tomorrow but I'm gonna better my best and I'm gonna be the best on the days to come there's an old country song that says I ain't as good as I once was but I'm as good once as I ever was <laughs> I don't think that applies in the spiritual realm you know, I'm better than what I was, and my best is yet to come. I'm going to better my best every time I get to my best. And I think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll come through that. And I'll better say, you know what, buddy, you better take some notes, and you better better your best because tomorrow you're going to face another giant. David didn't just take one rock to knock out Goliath. He had five, and the story goes that Goliath had four brothers. And so 
the, the thought there is, is that David says, you know what, I better better my best. I, I'm going to take out old Goliath, but you know what, I'm not going to be caught short, and I'm not going to be caught uh, uh, off guard. I'm going to build another rock in. Okay, now who's that, who else is out here? <laughs> i got to better my best. I killed one giant, but I'm going to be looking for another one. He's not going to catch me off guard. Now, I'm just not going out here to do giant killing. I'm going out here to drive the Philistines off of the land so that we can go ahead and, and come on down here. We've got to inhabit this land. That's where that we're going to be out here in the future. That's a bean patch. You see, that's where the bean patch was that David and Eleazar were fighting in. And by the way, they were the only two that showed up that day. I guess everybody else took off. They thought it was over, but it wasn't over. Eleazar said he fought so hard that his hand was froze to his sword. He couldn't even t- turn loose of that. Went home that night to eat, and his wife said, Honey, you gotta put that thing down. You're gonna hurt something. Today. I can't turn loose to this sword, you know. I mean, he fought so hard that his hand was just froze to that sword. Wow, David said, I ain't dying here today. The only dying that's going to happen is going to be you, Bigfoot. It ain't over till it's over, till God says it's over. Keep the faith. Move forward. You got to believe that it's possible. If you're going to have it in, and it ain't over till it's over attitude, you got to believe that it's possible. All things are possible. I like what St. Augustine wrote about faith. He said, faith is to believe that... Uh, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. So when you believe what you do not see, faith then says, now then, because you believed what you did not see, now you'll get to see. (laughs) Now you're going to be able to see what you believed. So you got to believe. You got to believe first. You know, it's not a setback. It's a set up for a comeback amen somebody's hearing this today and they they need to know that it ain't over that it ain't over somebody that you're going to come in contact with when you leave here to today or throughout this week they're going to need to know that it ain't over some people have lost all hope some people are they, they're down they've been they've been struck down and they don't know that they haven't been abandoned and you need to go to them and tell them it ain't over it ain't over. God sent me to you. It's no accident that I'm here with you right now. And if you believe it's an accident, you got another thing coming because it's not, that, that's not the way it happens. God sends us to people to let them know that it ain't over till it's over. We need a it ain't over attitude. Amen. Yeah. You know, the devil may rung, rung the bell and said, it's over. Oh, that's just that round, buddy. I'm coming back out of here. <laughs> I got another round coming up over here. You know, I, I just want to prophesy new strength, new anointing, new faith to just rest upon you today for this it ain't over attitude. I didn't know that there was an it ain't over attitude. Well, there sure is an it ain't over attitude. It ain't over till it's over. I prophesy a new chapter into your life. That's the old chapter. But there's a new chapter happening. There's going to be a better you. There's going to be an upgrade of you coming out real soon and the devil is nervous because this new upgrade's coming out and all the bugs that he had planted in there and all the viruses they already been found out and and you're immune to them and you're coming oh y'all don't believe that sure you don't know that that what you you better learn when you're going through a trial what's up so that the next time it comes around you say you catching me like that this time i already learned that 
Because until you learn it, you're going to probably be stuck back there going around that mountain like that generation of the Israelites did because they didn't have enough faith to cross on over. They didn't want to be a better them. They just wanted to be a them. They just wanted to just hang out and be cool. But you know what? There's a Jordan to cross. There's some giants to kill. There's some big fruit to take. Amen? Oh, I wish I had somebody in here that was excited about this today. It ain't over. In fact, it's just starting. It's just starting. Oh, if I had the time today, uh, you know, we'd talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar, he was all excited because they done got his big image made, you know. And, and he said to everybody, he's going to fall down. I'm going to bring in everybody, all the governors, all the, you know, the sip traps and all, I don't know, all these people. They bring them all in, sit them down. And when the trumpets and the, and the flutes and the lyres and all kinds of musical instruments, it says, when they sound out, everybody's going to fall down and going to worship the image of me, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so it all happened. And the three Hebrew children said, We ain't bowing. Sorry, old king. Oh, blue-faced, mad. He goes out to him. Well, I'm going to give you one more chance because he kind of liked them, you know. He put them in a, a high place. And, and uh, so he's, I'm going to give you one more chance. And they said, you know what? <laughs> it don't matter. You can give us another chance, but we ain't going to bow down to you, king. Our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down and worship your image or you. So he throws them in the fiery furnace, has it, you know, you've heard the story. They crank it up seven times hotter. They bind, they bound them a foot and, and their hands all together, and they take them down, and the ones that throw them in the fire, they get killed just by the heat from the furnace. And the king, he's up there thinking he's all bad because he, you know, I'll take care of this. I'll show you how that is. And he look, looked down there, and he looked down, and he saw was supposed to be three men in there, but now there's four, and they're walking around. What happened to, you know, they were all bound up. They're walking around, and he says, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Yes. So he hollers out to them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out of that fire. So they walk out of that fire, like, you know, and so they come over there, and it says in the Bible, not a hair on their head was burned. Their clothes weren't scorched, nothing. And they didn't even smell like smoke. You know why? Because they had the savor of Jesus. They had on that, that JC-33, you know. That's what, <laughs> that'll repel flames, by the way, you know. That repels that fire, and he says, what's up? So you know what they got out of that? A promotion. He promoted them. It ain't over till it's over. He said, throw us into that fire. That's okay, King, because it ain't over. Oh, they thought it was over when they threw him in there, especially when those guys that threw him in died. But, no, nah, it ain't over till it's over. We could talk about Daniel. You know, he, had, he, was, a, he was a righteous man, and they, they were a little a bit jealous of him, so they set up this thing to where that, you know, everybody had to, uh, and, you know, had to do certain things. And, and so, but here we go. And nobody could, could worship any other gods for a whole month's time only to the, to the king. So when Daniel heard that, read the, he says, that day he, go, he walks out of the meeting, goes up to his house, opens the windows, <laughs> looks towards Jerusalem, falls down, starts praying. Three times he prays. Oh, boy, that king got mad too. So they grab him up, they take him down to the lion's den, throw him in the lion's den, put a rock on it so that he can't climb out, you know. And so then the king's getting nervous. I guess because he smelled that JC-33. And so he comes down and he says, Daniel! It says with an anguished voice. I'm not sure exactly what an anguish, anguished voice is, but Daniel, are you okay? Did your God deliver you? And he says, oh, yeah, king, I'm fine. Uh, my God delivered me because, you know, I'm cool. I didn't do nothing. 
well, Dad, come on out of there. They get him out. They take the people that accused him, throw them in, their, their wives and their children and all of them. And before they even hit the bottom, the, the, the lions devoured her. They thought it was over when they put Daniel, but it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> I'm sure the ones that threw Jonah off the boat into the water, I imagine they think, thought it was over, but you know how that is. It ain't over till it's over. Fish swallow you, whatever. It, it ain't over till it's over. It might look like it's over, but it's not over. Not over till it's over. Hallelujah. You know, I'm sure that Jesus hanging on the cross, they saw, oh yeah, now he's on the cross. It's all over now. It's all over but the crying. Oh, Don, what was the, the uh, quarterback for the Cowboys way back there? Don Meredith. Turn out the lights, the party's over. <laughs> you know, that's what he said, you know, it's over now. He could tell, you know, but I'm going to tell you something. I learned from the Houston, Texas, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> People walk out of the stadium, they, they'll score their points right there in the last three minutes. It ain't over till it's over. They thought it was over when Jesus was hanging on the cross, but mm -mm. But now then the tomb, oh, that had to really be over when you're in the tomb. It's got to be over. Three days, it's over. And he said, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> Amen. People, I want to tell you something today that you need to have that type of attitude. It ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. Elisha is dead. This is how it starts out in the one chapter there in 2 Kings. Elisha is dead. Next chapter says, and they were getting ready to throw, a, 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 they, a guy died, they take him out of the city, and they were going to bury him, and oh, they, the enemy's coming. They get nervous, they throw the body in, and he lands on the bones of Elisha. As soon as he hits those bones, comes alive. He's alive. Well, they thought it was over, but, well, we know, it ain't over till it's over. Well, that might have been a coincidence, because he might have only been dead, you know, a day or two, but. You know, well, what about them dry bones type story, huh? Now, that's a pretty good, it ain't over till it's over. Dry bones? And he says, prophesy to those bones. But Lord, he says, Could, can these bones live? Lord, only you know. He's saying, it, uh, it's over for them guys down there. That's the dry bones now. Lord, are you okay? You be getting old now, and you're getting senile, and it's over for them. He says, you prophesy. You take that treasure you take that word, you take that treasure that's all-powerful, and he says, and you prophesy to those bones, and, and they're going to come together, and they're going to live. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones, they came together, didn't they? It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you know, perplexed, but it ain't over. Persecuted, but. It ain't over. Struck down, but it ain't over. It ain't over till it's over. The same God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can deliver you. The same God that rescued Daniel from the lion's den, he's here to rescue you. It ain't over today until it's over. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. Hallelujah. Father, I, I feel hope rising up here today. I feel hope rising up in our spirit. The hope that knows that it ain't over till it's over. And it ain't over till it's over. Job's wife and friends, they, they said just curse God and die. They thought it was over, that there was no way around us, but it ain't over till it's over. 
Joseph's brothers thought it was over when they threw him in the pit. Potiphar's wife thought it was over when, when she got him thrown in the prison. But it ain't over till it's over. Lord, when they hung you on the cross, it looked like the end, but it wasn't. The tomb sure looked like it was over, but it just proved that it ain't over till it's over. We have this treasure. It's in jars of clay. It's in these, earth, this, these bodies that we have while we're here on earth. But it's in here to show that this all-surpassing power is from you, God, and not from us. And so that when we are hard-pressed on every side, we know that we're not going to be crushed. When we're perplexed, we're not going to be hopeless in despair Lord we thank you that we are children of the living God this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed let me ask you something today what about what about you you think it's over maybe you think it's too late for you maybe you think well there's no way God could forgive what I've done maybe you're here today and you've heard about Jesus but deep down in your heart, you've never received him because you thought it was over. You thought you went too far. You thought that, you know, there's no way that you could be saved and be a part of the family of God. But I got some good news for you today. It ain't over. You haven't gone too far. God's grace can reach further than you can ever go. You've been saying it's too late. It's not too late. So right now, just invite Jesus into your life. That you'll have that assurance that you know that you know that you know that you're a child of God. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay the price for my sin. I thought it was over. I thought I had gone too far. Thank you for your grace that reaches me. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am saved. I am saved. I'm a child of God. It ain't over. What about you today? Maybe you are a Christian, but maybe you've kind of strayed away from God, and maybe you think that well, there's just no way that you could ever make amends and uh, you just think that it, it's over. You could never, never get back to where you were. You could never have the best of God because it's over. Let me tell you something. It ain't over. You need to come to Jesus right now and just ask Him to forgive you and to to set your feet back on that path again. Can you just do that right now, Lord? Forgive me for where I've gone my own way. I confess my sin. I know I went my way. I surrender to you and to your way right now. Thank you that it's not over, that it's just beginning. There's a better me happening right now. Hallelujah. It ain't over. There's an all-surpassing power from God that wants to pour into you, into your jar of clay. Amen. Maybe, you know, you've been walking with God. You're praying every day, but you've allowed...
perplexity in your life about the trials, about the, the, the troubles, the, the situations that you've been going through. You've been depressed so hard, you just can't figure it out. It's like, okay, enough is enough. What's up? And maybe you've allowed that perplexity and those trials to turn into confusion about who God is. Is he really a good God? And you question those things and, and maybe it's leading to despair and hopelessness in your life. Let me tell you something. That's Satan's trying to get you to that point where you're saying it's over. When you are hopeless, that means it's over. But I want to tell you something today. He's not left you without hope. It ain't over. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. The psalmist writes in Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Come on, cast your cares, your anxieties, your perplexity, your questions, your fears, those things that are trying to bring you down. Cast them on him. Give them to him. Say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going I'm to let it stress me out. I'm giving it to you right now. Do that right now in Jesus' name. Do that. Do it. Get rid of those things. There is hope in him. There's hope in him. Maybe you're saying, it's too late to make things right. It's too late to make things right. It ain't over. First Peter says, humble yourselves, therefore, unto God, under God's mighty hand and that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So do that right now. Whatever that is that's stressing you out, whatever it is that's been pulling you down, whatever it is that's been making you feel like you need, that you're about to give up, just cast that upon him right now. you still got time to make things right with others and with God. There's time to, still time to get things right with, with your husband. There's still time to get things right with your wife there's still time to get things right with your son with your daughter with your mom with your dad with with your church friend there's still time to get things right with your neighbor with that family member with that in-law with the outlaws I mean, there's still time to get things right it ain't over it ain't over till god says it's over you're still here so it's not over. You might have got the breath knocked out of you or something, but it ain't over. It's time to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's not in you anyway. It's not your strength. It's not your power. But the all-surpassing power is from God. It's not from you. And so when you don't feel like it, it doesn't matter. God does. When you don't think that you've had the strength, it doesn't matter. God does. You've got this treasure in this earthen vessel, and when you are hard-pressed, you won't be crushed because God is the one that takes the power to keep you from being crushed. Somebody needs to know today that it ain't over. It ain't over. It's time to step up and let this power shine out. And people around watching say, man, I thought it was over. Look at that. They, got a re they had a resurrection happen here. Man, I can't believe that. Now how, did you, how did you come through that? How did you make it? What happened? Oh, man, that all-surpassing power. It's from God. It's not from me. Yeah, man, this old body, yeah, I'm hurting. <laughs> you know, I've been hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed because God can't let that happen. 
See, when they start pushing down, when the devil starts pushing down, he gets to a point of where that treasure is, and ain't nothing can push any further. It, this is flat here, but down here, you can't be crushed because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me this morning? It's time to show that when you are hard-pressed, you're not crushed. It's time to show that when you're perplexed, that you're not in despair. It's time to show that when you're persecuted, all these annoying things all around, you're not abandoned. You're not left without any help. I was so frustrated yesterday. I had this message. I've been working on this message throughout the week and also on, like I told you, on some other things off of this. And I went in yesterday to pull this up and it's nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Isn't that right, Sandy? I had Sandy look. Man, I could not find it anywhere. I searched the entire computer. I said, I am getting tired of this persecution, this, this constant, you know, whatever. And I mean, I'm getting frustrated. And I'm thinking about the time that I put in and all this stuff. And I was just, and so she said, well, let's just, she came over there and said, let's just pray. And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> we stood there and we prayed over that laptop. So she had to do something else. And I'm going through and trying to figure out how could I find there's got to be a time back up somewhere and I'm doing everything and I, an hour goes by and I'm just so frustrated and I was thinking I'm looking and all this time when I'm searching I'm searching for it ain't over till it's over so I have to keep looking at it, it ain't over till it's over but I'm already thinking it's over because I can't find it you know it ain't over till it's over I guess it's over. And all of a sudden, I clicked on it. Uh, you, know, you know how you can do Alt-Tab and it shows you all the little programs? And there's two of my WordPerfect programs up. I didn't open two. Went over to that one. Opened it up. There's the document. What? 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 Wait a minute. It can't be found. I've already searched everything. I mean, you know when you go to start and down there in that one thing and it searches everything that's there? It wasn't there. It wasn't anywhere. All of a sudden, I look on the computer. There's another, the program is open twice, and it's over there. I didn't open it. I, I, I had sense, and I want you to see this because this is a miracle. And, and it's like the Lord said, it ain't over till I say it's over. It ain't over till I say it's over. People, I want to tell you something. When you're hard-pressed, that's why, the, the, you know, James said, count it all joy. <laughs> hey, man, you're weird. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into trials of many kinds. I'm not talking about when you're walking through a trial. But when you, man, you tripped and you fall into a trial of many kinds, count it all joy. Why? Because you have the opportunity to show that this all-surpassing power that's about to come forth and show that you ain't crushed. It's from God and not from you. It shows up. How did that happen? God says, it ain't, it ain't over till I say it's over. You're about to show forth this all-surpassing power that when you don't, you can't figure it out, you're perplexed, you just cannot figure this out. God says, you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to figure it out. I'll handle it. I got this. I got this. Let's bow our heads together. Is anybody here getting any of this? You don't need to be looking around, but are you, is anybody here getting any of this? God's saying it ain't over. Time to kick it in. Time to start it again. It's time to let the authority that we have through the death of Jesus Christ. Let it be revealed in us. And it ain't over till it's over. Say that. It ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. Get your 
get in view right now that situation that looks like that it's over. I want you to see it right now and say these words over. It ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. And you see, it's not over, it's not over till it's over. Until it's over means until, G, until God says that it's over. Because nothing happens until he says that it's over. Amen? Amen. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Father, we focus in it. And we're going to focus on that thing. Father, I ask that you, by your spirit, reveal to us today those areas where we've given up on. So, Father, right now, we're going we're gonna to see with new eyes, with your eyes. We're going to walk with a newness right now. In Jesus' name, everybody say, it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over.